Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hello, and welcome along to another exciting episode of The Worst Idea of All Time, Season four, uh, it's the secret season, although it's not so secret now. But I will tell you this, at the time of recording, it, it was a secret. Uh, my name is Guy Montgomery. I'm here on a rainy autumnal day in New York City. Hold up. Have just watched Sex in the City for the eighth time. Joined, as ever, by Tim Bat. Hello. Hey, Tim, how are you? You look very dashing in a college shirt, no less. Less, Thanks. less. Yeah, it's a nice kind of thicker shirt. So for a day such as this where I couldn't quite tell what the weather was going to do, it's a good midway point. Because what I can do is this, roll up the sleeves, which is how I enjoy wearing a shirt. Or, you know, have them down for that extra provided warmth. Either way, it's a good colour on me. I think we can all agree on that. I like nothing more than rolling up the sleeves of a long sleeve shirt. Because it says, uh, it says I, I might have been busy, but I'm kind of relaxed now. Or it, it could say, um, I don't know, that's, that's the main one, I think. That's the main yeah, thing I like. I, I think that is a, a really good mood to communicate to the masses. It's just like, I was in the middle of something, but it's all it's completed now. I've knocked off work. Yeah, or... And boy, am you, I happy about it. Or, because remember, the, 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 there's a sort of, uh, it's not quite a proverb. What is that called? An idiom. Where it's like, oh, you've got to roll your sleeves up. So it could be you're at work and you're slacking off and someone cottons onto the fact you're slacking off and then you're like, all right, I'm really going to dig into this. And the gesture you use to suggest that you're about to really muck in is you roll your, f- f- your sleeves up, your foot and sleeves interesting? up. It kind of means like opposite things because in that context to roll your sleeves up is you're going to like jam your hand down a drain pipe, get a turd loose that's been blocking up yeah. the works. But if that's your line of industry, why don't you just wear a singlet? And gloves. Yeah, also. nice full arm-length gloves that go all the way up to your shoulder. Absolutely. Do you remember Obama? He used to wear the rolled sleeves all the time because he was doing both. He wanted to communicate, I'm a chilled-out guy, but we've got to unplug the works here. Yeah, he really did have it both ways, eh? I'm a chilled-out guy, but I'm also here to get the work done. That's what that body language and, and uh, sartorial choice said. Hey, do you reckon Barry Obama was a Carrie, a Samantha, a Miranda, or a Charlotte of a president? Uh, I reckon he was uh, Miranda. And I say do that you? because 
Miranda is like, I feel such a bizarre kinship with Miranda. I, um, I feel like every time I watch the movie now, I feel like her and I are bonding. We're growing closer. I tell you, I should probably stop spending so much time with Charlotte um, because things are going like that. I've already communicated that they're not well, but they're going south fast. How do you mean your relationship with Charlotte? Yeah, we're just not. We're not seeing eye to eye. We're not getting along. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no! What's what? Tell me know, about that. What's happening? I don't know who keeps asking her over, but I wish they'd stop. Can I, just, I try and elicit some uh, explanation from you with a kind of sideways step using a metaphor? What kind of animal is Charlotte? She and was, if Charlotte was one of the Sex in the City girls, Miranda, Charlotte, Samantha, or Carrie, which uh, Sex in the City woman would Charlotte be? Uh, so if Charlotte were an animal. She'd be maybe to me right now. And look, I don't know. I don't need to qualify this. She'd be a mosquito in the dark, which is sort of as bad as it gets in my book. Just like, you know, you're like, well, you're you're small. You're, You're not even that significant in the great scheme of things. So why am I so bothered by you? But also it's just, it, it needles at you. You know, maybe small, yes, but when they choose to make noise, literally as loud as anything I can fathom. Um, and just like, just killing me. And then with that in mind, I think if Charlotte was one of the Sex in the City gals, she'd probably be um, Carrie. Yeah, I agree with that. That's probably right. I don't know why you... Um, I'm very interested by the fact that she's needling you because I think uh, Charlotte's... She's pretty good. I like the fact that she sticks up for Carrie so much. She's so offended on behalf of Carrie about what Big's done, and she's so w- sort of determined to stick it to yeah, Big. Yeah. Okay. I will say that the the one time I'm really in Camp Charlotte, uh, when she does that very fearsome look at Big after he's jilted Carrie and they run into each other on the street in their respective cars, uh, a truly a fearful look, and uh, I respect... I respect how how defensive she is of this the the sort of you know uh, the hurt that Carrie's carrying with her. Um, but what about when she's a week before her due date and they run into each other at the cafe and she really lets rip at him and she says, "I curse the day you were born." Yeah, the way she tells the when they're at the New York Fashion Week in the front row and she says to um, she says to Miranda and Carrie. Uh, I've been, th- you know, sometimes when I'm running, I think about what I'd say to Big, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, tell us what your big line is. And then she comes out with, I curse the day you were born. Carrie's a professional writer, uh, and she is not a professional actor, so she does a pretty good job of acting impressed by, what do you mean, you've been brainstorming this line? Like, you give it a fucking intro, and then all you're saying is, I curse the day you were born? I don't even think she curses the day he was born. She just likes the way it sounds. It's not that impressive. I mean, I it kinda, you know it sounds like prose. It sounds sort of biblical. I, but that's I don't I don't take issue with that. It's the surrounding stuff. I wrote down that Charlotte and I should stop seeing each other after she gets really excited for Carrie at the um, when Carrie tells her that Big and her are engaged to be married, and uh, she she does that scream and Miranda says, and this is see oh now I'm seeing where the the rhythm of my relationship to the characters coming from because Miranda says I'm deaf. You know, 
which is sort of uh it's a it's a quip it's a way to say yeah. that was that was really loud and i i sort of every time she says it, i'm sort of like yeah me too like yeah that was really loud and then the more yes, it happens I'm- the more i'm like this is just an- it's annoying and so loud and then also to command the attention of the entire restaurant just be just be happy for it you don't not everyone needs to be brought into this moment i understand that you're happy just little things they all get me like are we sorry you go you're gonna say something Oh, I was just going to say in her defense, I think what she's doing in that moment is just kind of giving a bit of um, explanation to the restaurant for why she screamed at them all. The scream was an uncontrollable um, exaltation. Am I using that word right? We'll never know. Of joy for her friend who she's just found out is going to get married to the, from her eyes anyway, kind of the man of her dreams after all this time, 10 years 15 breakups, 200 breakups. We've got breakups in the warehouse taking up too much room. 50% off breakups. We've got two, we're overstocked for breakups, right? Big and carry. They're overstocked. And so she lets out this, uh, she can't contain herself, lets out so much joy because she's happy for her friend. But then she also realizes that she's, uh, you know, caused a bit of a scene in the restaurant. So she wants to tell everyone, don't worry, everyone, this is actually for a good thing, and gets a rousing round of applause for Carrie. And, and isn't that nice? Isn't that something? I, it is nice for Carrie. Look, it is nice for Carrie. But it's just every, just her entire presence destroys me. Hold um, on. I've got one more uh, uh, defense of her, if I may, because I know I'll forget this. If, yeah, if yeah, I yeah, may no, interject go, this. Go, 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 go. When Samantha turns up from LA and she's been desperately trying to not have sex with Dante and uh, climb Dante's peak, get some Dante's Inferno, she uh, turns up at the door for the... I think it's Charlotte's baby shower is what we're at, eh? At Carrie's house, at her new apartment. And um, the other two girls have seen her first. We've got Miranda and Carrie have seen her first. And then... Charlotte is somewhere else and comes and sees her. She looks at Samantha, sees the uh, that she's put on a little bit of weight, very quickly does this micro glance at Carrie and Miranda and checks that they have seen the weight change as well, and then go and then catches herself that she's doing a funny look and says, "Oh, you've got a dog," and it is a masterful bit of navigating a, uh, a potentially awkward social situation. I just, every time I see it, I'm like, that was very well done, Charlotte. Is it, though? Because you've clocked it. It's because I'm supposed to see it. I'm the audience for the film. But Charlotte, do you know, I'm going to even go one step further. Um, Kirsten Davis, is that her Kristen, name? I think. Chris, Kristen Davis. That is a great bit of acting for my money. Yeah, yeah, I, there's no denying the acting. And I would like to uh, just separate my criticisms of Charlotte, the character, from any attacks on Kristen Davis, the performer. Um, but I would go so far as to say the reason that Big gets cold feet at the wedding is because during the the bridesmaid sleepover, or when you know it's all the gals on the bed and they're sort of shooting the breeze, and Big calls up and he's having trouble writing his vows. I mean, why wouldn't he be? He's illiterate. And uh, Carrie says, oh, this is "Big, action. she can hear there's a there's a some sort of lump in Big's throat, which says he's he's having trouble. He's he's, he's experiencing doubt." And she says, "This is big action. I'm going to take it in the other room." And Charlotte says, "Get some sleep, groomy." 
And I'm fairly certain that through the other end of that phone, Big hears that and he thinks, it doesn't matter how persuasive whatever Carrie says right now is, I cannot subject myself to this being such a huge part of my life going forward. Oh, Guy Montgomery, you old salty sea dog. That's so rough. So you think just the idea of a peripheral friendship with Charlotte is enough to put him it's off the that. idea of marrying it's, Carrie? It's it's not. Yeah, I mean he's he's lived with it before, and they obviously get along fine. But it's it's a it's compound exhaustion. And then like the the next day when they're at the wedding and Big's not there, and uh, they go Big's not here, and Charlotte says, "But we're twenty five minutes late. No one needs that friend." Yeah, no fucking shit. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I'm saying? I I know what you're saying. I know I know what you mean. It does piss I'm me s- off when people make comments like that. It's just like, yeah, 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 dude. It's we're a- in a stressful situation. Thanks for painting the painfully obvious, you know, for us with your big dumb brush. But she can't help herself, and you, you got to have a little bit of kindness for people. You know, you got to have a little bit of. Uh, I know, I, Look- guy. You've done a good job. I get where you're coming from. I want to say that. I I sympathize with your plight, and I think you've given a good explanation as to why you two kids aren't getting I, along. But I hope that I have played my part as well in trying to reconnect you and Charlotte. You have. I feel I, I feel mean. Look, I just... it's Fatigue is setting in. It's really... It was a hard... It's a hard... For reference, everyone, this is recorded less than 24 hours since our previous episode, and the turnaround is too much. It's... Uh, we're really in the in the belly of the beast now. It's so we're just this spending is... so much time with the gals, aren't we? Like way too much time. We're doing on average probably a, a watch every two days. Uh, well, we just feels pretty unsustainable. We're just doing our best. Um, and saying that, just before we move on from Charlotte, I would like to say uh, to her credit, and this actually could be uh, interpreted as championing or part of my denigration of the character um that when she drops her guts that is getting better for me every week uh it's just funny incident just shitting yourself is funny it's funny and uh later on when you know charlotte is concerned because bad things have happened to her friends and she seems to be getting all the breaks in life and she's like you know look what happened to you and uh, Miranda, something bad's going to happen to me. And Carrie says, uh, you shat yourself this year. Maybe that's your lot. i just like you, for me, Tim, to rank on a list of three where that falls in terms of being jilted at a wedding of public interest, being cheated on by your seemingly faithful husband of, say, five years, and shitting your pants because you drank a little shower water in Mexico in front of three of your closest friends. Um, shitting yourself is going to be at the bottom. You're providing a gift for your friends as far as I'm concerned, as, as Charlotte does in this film. Number two spot is going to be... Um, I think getting left at the altar is pretty unbeatable. I'm going to put that as number one, and yeah. uh, a, 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 a indiscretion 
from a spouse after five years of marriage, I'm going to chuck in that number two slot right in between shitting yourself and getting left at the altar. Yeah. How about is that the same for you? It sounds like absolute, you're in agreement. Absolutely, yeah. There's up. daylight between what uh, Miranda and Carrie have been through and shitting yourself. Like shitting yourself, if you talk to people, is a surprisingly common occur- occurrence. When did you last cack your When dads? did I last shit myself? Um, don't know. I've got no memory of shitting myself as an My adult. man. That is impressive. It'll change. You strike me as the kind of guy who would have shat himself semi recently. Really? (laughs) Is that right? What is it about me? Maybe I say that purely through association with myself. But you just you got the (laughs) you've got the look and feel of a guy who every once in a while just loses bodily functions and shits himself. I'm not saying it's a common occurrence, but I'm not saying it's outside the lines. Right. No, I I, I don't think I've got the same laissez-faire attitude to um, defecation as you. I don't. My attitude isn't laissez-faire. I'm not saying people who shit themselves are relaxed about it. It's still like it's not. It's not I mean, more from a, like a biological standpoint. You know what I mean? I, I don't mean that sort of directly as an no, attitude no, thing. What do you but, mean from a biological point of view? I consider my body in a in a state of constant tension all the time. You know, everything's getting held in together. But you, you're kind of like, you're more, you're a loosey-goosey. And every now and then, as a result of that, you're going to shit yourself. (laughs) This is madness. You you think that you're just generally more taut, and therefore it's less likely shit is going to fly out of your body. But I'm quite loose in language, so... Yeah, and they're all part of a bigger picture. There's a lot of... um, good things that come out of being loosey-goosey. I think it's what makes you a better athlete in general. Uh, probably better so, reflexes. Okay. I'm a little more jittery. So do you think that uh, high-performance professional athletes are more likely to shit themselves than if, ordinary people? If they're operating out of a place of, of kind of relaxed... Con- Tiger Woods, I'll bet you, shits himself on the reg. I, I couldn't disagree more. I feel like professionally athletes display the sort of bodily control that would suggest they shit themselves very rarely. I think marathon runners and probably some Ironman athletes uh, out of necessity shit themselves on the go, which is pretty unbecoming. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a thing, isn't it? Yeah. But you just imagine... How does that work? Well, you know when you're riding a bike after it's rained and you don't have a mudguard on? And so you just wind up flicking water up onto the back of your shirt or your backpack or whatever, and you get this sort of long line of dirty water, and you're like, oh, I've really got to get a mudguard. You You shit yourself while you're out on your pins. You're Mm. probably going to be kicking up. I don't know. Look, this is going down a a road that I, I didn't mean to explore in such depth. Let's talk about Magda. Sure. What do you got for me? The more I watch, the more I'm convinced that Magda uh, is so instrumental into the rise of Brady. And I know that kind of sounds like a stupid thing to say because we know that she's so much of a part of his early life. She is his... uh, He's her ward, essentially. She gets treated like shit by Miranda. This is something I don't get about your love of Miranda. She's she's so disrespectful to Magda, especially at that dinner scene. 
right at the start where uh, Miranda wants to get the check and get the heck out of there, and Magda hasn't even, you know, she hasn't gotten very far with her meal. She's only about half done, if that. Brady's not finished his meal either. Um, <laughs> Brady, Brady's a guy who shits himself. <laughs> Brady shits himself. Well, he's what? He's he's four or five. Yeah, I now genuinely, I think it might be the only bit of the movie I look forward to, and it kills me that it's so early in. But when the camera goes to Brady for his one of, I think only three lines he gets in the film, and he says, "I got to go to the bathroom." <laughs> it gets me like? every time. What do you like about it's, that? Because it's definitely too late. It is. It is definitely to just. It's like he's having a good time. You can see it on a baby's face when they've shat themselves because they could be like laughing and palling around, and then they get real serious all of a sudden, <laughs> like there's a, <laughs> like they've just received funny. a parking fine in the mail, and they've just opened the letter, and it's like, oh, a birthday card. <laughs> and that that sea change is what we see on on young Brady. How old is he in this film, by the way? I'd place him around five. Uh, I just want to quickly ask you, Tim, uh, just a hypothetical. If, like, at what age did you stop asking permission to go to the bathroom? What say you're in a meeting with people you know kind of well? Some of them are superior to you. Some of them are, you see eye to eye with. Some of them you think are junior. And uh, yeah. you're like, oh, I've really got to go to the bathroom. Do you sort of excuse yourself by saying something or you just get up and walk out of the of the meeting uh i think it's it's well you don't ask i don't think you would ever ask i would never subjugate myself to ask the other people in the room if it was right <laughs> well did you get taught to ask in school uh or do you just say i'm going to yeah. the bathroom do you, well, we see this is this guy. This is uh, this is why it's so interesting that we're good friends now because we had um, fairly different upbringings with respect to schools. I went to a very uh, kind of liberal arts, co-ed, no uniform school where you, you call your teachers by your first name sometimes oh. if they're in you know the drama department or something. Um, so we wouldn't really have a such a structured like a permission system like that. It ju- yeah. You just kind of go and there was the yeah. expectation it is, come it back is and, i would have killed for that it's so degrading when you're 16 I years can't old imagine, <laughs> even as a teenager being like can i go to the bar i if i was the teacher i'd be like i don't know can you what is this <laughs> or like sometimes the teachers would be like uh no we're just gonna get through these five minutes wait it's like you've got no idea the urgency I I could be dealing with over here. That's fucked up, eh? I don't abide that at all. That's fucked up. I'm so not into that. You gotta give people agency over their own body. You know, if they say they got to go to the bathroom, the benefit of the doubt must be given. And the- Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah. You've got a student who's just, There's, you know, constantly they're just taking the piss for lack of yeah. a, a better phrase. Some skeptical social studies teachers like, nah, I reckon you got five minutes until you piss yourself. You're staying yeah. in the classroom. Well, fuck you. Kind of a judgment is that. How, how about you? So, what was your scenario? Did you had to ask right the way through, or did you get to seventh form and that was the big thing for your final year of high school? Yeah, you didn't have to ask anymore. Uh, you get a free period every day, and you didn't have to ask to go to the bar. No, you, you get a free period every day, and you'd have to find a teacher to ask to use the bathroom, even though you, no one was in charge of you for that free period. You had to seek permission. And there was also, uh, it was really weird. They were called the toilet teller. And when you'd uh, go to one of the bathrooms on campus, they'd be, they'd be quite formally dressed, although they'd usually only be a few years older than you, often an ex-pupil. And they'd say, ah, it's the bathroom you desire. Hmm? And uh, you'd have to go, yeah. And they'd go, whose permission doth thee seek? And you'd go, no, I've already got permission. And then they would ask several riddles, uh, escalating in difficulty. And uh, five times out of ten, Tim, you're going to shit yourself in front of this guy. I couldn't think of a worse situation to receive a riddle than as a barrier to get to the bathroom. <laughs> that is well, the, lo- the, lo- the logic is, you know, your brain is firing on all... It's meant to bring out... It's meant to uh, increase your capacity to learn... And for lateral thinking and problem solving. But the reality of the matter was that person's job, they were pretty much a bathroom custodian. And, you know, sure, there was shit in your pants, but there's also shit on their hands. It Does was, frankly. Toilet, is the toilet teller a paid position? No, it's a uh, volunteer. Volu- volu- volunteer. <laughs> so it's not even like a punishment or something, but some people are signing up. To put riddles at people to act as a brick wall between them and sweet, sweet relief. Yeah. That blows. It was a hell of a time. It sounds like something a, a demon would do if they were trapped on this mortal realm to pay penance for something they'd done. Look, anyway, who's to say about all that? We, we've been talking shit for nigh on 15 minutes, Tim, and I'd, I'd love if we could get to uh, 
15 more. You want more shit talk? It's all shit talk. Last time I shat myself, I was backstage. Uh, I was performing a show called Guymont Go Merry Christmas, um, which was a, a, a Christmas variety show, a one-man variety show I'd put on for the New Zealand International Comedy Festival in uh, 2016. 15? 16, I think. Uh, okay. Anyway, it's by the by. And uh, as part of the performance, I had sort of several costume changes that were mostly uh, done on the top half. My bottom half for the performance, uh, I was just wearing some flesh-colored tights and a sock, a festive Christmas sock over my penis and balls. And uh, I don't ordinarily eat before I perform because it uh, it sort of it makes me a little bit too full, and like I think you need to be I think there's value in being sort of hungry, physically hungry when yeah. you're on stage. Um, yeah. And anyway, it was my second night of performing the show, the second night ever of performing the show. The first night had gone very well. I was in Wellington, and I thought, well, I'm actually quite hungry. I haven't eaten for a few hours, so I'm just going to have a few tacos. And I'm not to say that those tacos traveled through my body at record speed but i am going to say that there was sort of a mental slackening or concern that came over me after i'd had the tacos and i was backstage uh at the fringe bar in wellington probably you know uh between 10 to 5 minutes before it was time to go on and um i was in my costume and there's no bathroom in the green room i share the facilities with the punters and uh I realized I had to go to the bathroom. And when in the last episode I said I could empathize with the grumbling noises that Charlotte experiences um, in the movie, I was experiencing a a light, L-I-T-E version of those same noises. And I went to go to the bathroom, but it was occupied. So I thought, okay, that's okay. So I went back into the the green room and I sort of walked around. It was really clenching, uh, you know, I was really girding my loins as tight as I could. And uh, I got in there. And there was sort of maybe five minutes of showtime now. And I went to the bathroom. Thank Christ. Uh, But it was your classic leaving the bathroom, you know, for fear of having to perform soon, knowing that there's still 20% gas in the tank. And so I'm walking around. And then I realize I've got to go again. And I go to go again. And no one's in there. And my asshole probably for less than a second just relaxed. And um, just very small not incredibly solid uh, trickle of fecal matter made it out of my body. And these are flesh-colored tights, sans underpants. So I'm in the green room, two minutes to showtime, freaking out completely. Uh, I hear the bathroom door open, they leave the bathroom, I rush in and I have to. And there's no real means of locking the main door so I am pantsless, just a sock over my penis and balls, scrubbing shit out of these tights in the sink of the fringe bathroom <laughs> one minute before I'm going on stage to prance around the opening part of the show, everyone. I was wearing rain, a reindeer uh, headband and I'd run around with mistletoe and put it over people. And I was going, watch out, everyone, there's a reindeer on the loose. And I'd sort of kiss every other person. Uh, and so... Anyway, that was the last time. That was the la- I, I I got away with it. I mean, insofar as you can, I felt shame the entire time I was performing and was paranoid for the entire hour that I 
had very visible shit stains on my tights. Um, but if it's shit content you want, Tim, you know, Lord knows I've got it. I don't quite know what to do with that story, except celebrate it. What a triumph of the human spirit. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard it in quite so much detail, but yeah, I did know that. I actually, for some reason, I thought that that happened in Auckland. At no, the no. Monte Cristo. It's a Wellington, it's Wellington story, mate. Now, here's my question for you. Do you think, uh, how much do you think your psychology played into the fact that those tacos weren't handled well by your guts? Uh, I think it could be a case of, uh, you know, I could be reverse engineering the story to 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 match my psychology. I think, I can't remember what I ate to cause it, but... Well, I'll like, rephrase I, the often, question. My, my body is perfect, is it like operates in pretty close synchronicity to my nerves. So before I perform, I'll usually have to take... Like in the half half an hour to fifteen minutes before I perform, I will probably take upwards of three bathroom breaks. Usually just weeing, probably one nervous poo in there as well. Uh, and right. so it's hard to say. I mean, I I just it's it was really especially then. I'm slightly more relaxed now. It was really uncommon for me to eat before performing, and so that Isn't just sort that of juts out in my mind. I don't think we give enough credit to how much your nerves can affect your bowels. We yeah. seem to separate the digestive tract into oh, no, just like, you know, you chuck of, food in, you digest a lot it, of, you crap it out. Um, sort of colloquialisms, but, you know, shit, I'm shitting myself, pissing mm. yourself. Like, and that's, that's all stuff that people say before, when they're nervous before something, you know. This guy must be absolutely bricking himself. He must uh, be cacking himself. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I haven't had to deal with anything like that since. And long may it rain. I mean, the closest I've come is just, you know, when, you, when you're when you in a shared green room facility and uh, you're sitting down, thankfully, but you don't have total agency over the noise that's escaping your body and by proxy the room. And I mean, everybody does farts and whatnot, but... It's just, it's something you, you'd rather not, especially if you don't know the other comedians you're performing with, you'd rather they don't have to think about you in that compromised circumstance. You'd rather they think about you as the shitless wonder. Guy Montgomery, the shitless wonder. You've really taken away that potential mantle from yourself for anyone who hears this episode of the podcast, huh? I know, and this is what gets me, is I... Oh, no, nah, I mean... To be fair, there is an overwhelming body of evidence to suggest otherwise. But by and large, I don't shit myself. But, you know, you shit yourself two times in five years, and all of a sudden... Was the other time uh, yeah, I think that story that I used to tell on stage? Yeah. That was... Uh, people will probably be able to remember this. This was a, back in the season one days when we went to California and we went to a party in Malibu, a house party. And long story short, a uh, guy woke up with some urgency for he had lost agency. It was compromised. I, I'm not going to re, yeah, rehash yeah. that story, guy. 
I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna do no, it. No, no. Well, you need not. What if you you're f- listening, if you're listening to this, by the way, that would mean that the first season of the podcast is currently available uh, on the worst idea of all time stream. And I'm fairly confident that Tim shared that anecdote either because that was uh, before our last live show. So in episodes probably like 50 through 52, in all likelihood, you'll get to hear that as told um, quite recent after the event. By Timber. As told by Timber. Now, to get back to the movie, but to stay on this shit track, one thing that's always bugged me is Charlotte's facial expression while she's trying to... uh, What's the word? Portray her shitting herself. So they've, yeah, they've got all the sound effects of her noises happening. A lot of uh, wet farts, um, sort of tummy rumblings in the extreme. And then she's kind of contorting her face in this weird... It's very cartoonish to me. And it really uh, doesn't... It it grates against the rest of the film. It doesn't quite sit in there well to me. And it's got one of those slow punch-ins from the camera. It just zooms in very slowly into her, which is very funny, but it's very cartoonish. Yeah, I um, I mean, it's a tough thing to act. And it's one of those ones where you'd almost want to go method. Um, because... I mean, you know, I I agree. It's I don't think it's the most brilliant portrayal of someone shitting themselves, but it's a challenging thing to do. Maya Rudolph in Bridesmaids does a fantastic job um, in a big sort of shit set piece when she's on the street. Do you remember that? Was it? I think it was of you. Course. You did you say you don't specifically enjoy such scenes? Like, did you bemoan? Yeah, the that's shitting? me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved Bridesmaids. I I actually I should watch that again. I haven't seen it since I think it came out at the theater, but I fucking loved that movie. But um, yeah, the shitting in the street scene. I was like, do we have to? Why? Uh, I just think it's such a, I think it's such a, I'm trying to think of a different way to say cheap laugh, but I can't. I think it's so like just base and the rest of it is so kind of witty and funny and kind of. said it yourself. You had a chunk of an hour long show dedicated specifically to recounting a, a, a tale of someone defecating themselves. And that's fine if it's all of a piece. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot Is of it, movies where I see someone shitting themselves. And I'm like, it's funny because it fits in here like a like a jigsaw puzzle piece. It it slots in. But in Bridesmaids, I was like, I don't, this doesn't really match the rest of the film. I think it matches the rest of the film. I mean, I I also haven't seen it since it came out, but I think it matches the rest of the film just fine. It's a bawdy comedy. I should um I should watch it again so I can speak with more authority. But it also I I feel the same way about uh this movie as well it doesn't really fit being in there but maybe i'm being too prudish guy about my um i feel like where i'm placing shit humor yeah i think if you think about in the context of this movie being released in 2008 a reunion you want to create some uh you want to create conversation pieces charlotte shitting herself would have been a huge set piece for the film i'm like i I think before i'd even see you think it is my inherent misogyny that in two female-led films the uh character shitting themselves scene doesn't sit well with me uh it's possible i mean can you think of any other movies or scenes involving shit that don't appeal to you off the top of your head um van wilder 
But that whole movie is bad. I accept that. But that the shit scene in that's particularly awful. But I really enjoy the rest of that film because I just am so under the beguilement of Ryan what Reynolds. What about uh, the other one I remember now is Battleships in Harold and Kumar? Yeah. Not into that. But again, that's women. So maybe... Maybe it would be the but, same. I mean, maybe thing maybe the thing is you just don't. But, you don't no, like... do you know what though? Harold and Kumar. I'm actually fine with. I reckon that one's all good because it matches the tone of the movie and it's fucking funny. That that one that one is a bit of me actually. I quite like it. You like the battleships challenge? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, it's interesting stuff. Fuck man, Harold and Kumar. I shouldn't like those movies, but boy, <laughs> do I. They're so silly. And I love yeah. that Cal Penn went on to just like, his career is so fucking crazy, man. He started off in, um, I think Harold and Kumar was his big break. I'm trying to think if he was the same guy. He wasn't the guy in Van Wilder. I he was. He was a different actor. Was that him? He was Raj. Taj. Taj. Taj Mahal, Badramabad. Yeah. He, uh, right, that was him. So he starts off in Van Wilder Party Liaison, a fucking <laughs> crazy movie that I don't even think did very well and was very, like, based in its humour. Real college romp. Real, uh, it was a National Lampoon movie. And then it did well. they did The Rise of Taj. Did they? Van Wilder made $38.3 million from a budget of five. Oh, that's not a bad wee return, is it? That's, yeah, yeah. That, I feel like that's the pocket that National Lampoon sits in. They want, they'll want they chuck in, like, less than 10 mil, and they hope that half of the movies they make, you know, get, like, four, five, six times yeah. return. It's, it's not that high risk, but it's good. I just reckon... I've always loved Ryan Reynolds. I'm so glad Deadpool exists. Anyway. <laughs> you love... Fuck, you love Ryan Reynolds so much. Always have. Right from two guys and a girl. Which we He's talked about yesterday. Good. We did. That we did. Cal Penn. Crazy career. So he go, so he leaves acting to go and work in the Obama White House. I actually don't know if he was in the White House, but he worked, he worked in the government for a uh, youth outreach program in the administration for many years and then came out and did a designated survivor as like an actor slash um white house advisor because he now had all this knowledge so then he gets to work with Kiefer sutherland who i also fucking love yeah you do love Kiefer sutherland um yeah it's it's and i think harold and kumar that was with john cho yes uh, and yes. that guy's that guy's gone on to have a, quite a quite a storied career as an actor. He's done very well. Those movies right, are fun, rightly so. I tell you what, you need to be real smart to do comedy well. I think in movies, if if you're a good comedy actor, I think you have to be pretty fucking switched on. I don't know. People give comedians so much credit. They're always like, "Oh, you'd have to be smart to do comedy." Do you know you can be, or you could also be. A fucking idiot. Both work, and that's why I love it. Tim, what was your shining light this watch? So glad you asked. Um, this is specific, but it's the tie that Harry slash Runkle was wearing in the uh, in the in the hospital. Yeah, when he gets What's his new the baby. What's the tie look like? Baby Rose. It's pink. It's beautiful. He's wearing a crisp white shirt. 
He's got that shiny bald head that I love so well. And he's got this uh, gorgeous pink tie on. And it's just a, it's a good look for him, man. I like him with a pink tie. That's great. And it's the perfect length as well. Just um, touching the belt buckle with the end there. He's nailed it. I really, I actually had, for how much I didn't enjoy the watch, there are a few things that jumped out at me. I think I'll probably save one because, you know, it can be a real fucking slog digging these out sometimes. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, but I really liked Carrie's delivery uh, when they're having the colouring in scene and uh, they change the word from sex to colouring and Samantha sort of says, you know, she's just fucking really railing some classic classic Samantha. She says, uh, I love to colour. I can't colour enough. I want to colour with every crayon in my box. And when she was saying it, I was, she was sort of just prattling on and on. And in my head, I was like, yeah, 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 we get it. And then Carrie cuts in with a perfectly delivered, we get it. You love to colour. I love the line. I love the delivery. Carrie really represented me uh, in that in that moment. And um, I thought it I'm was... I'm so with you on that. It is perfectly delivered because it is delivered with both... I've had enough of what you're talking about, but with all the warmth and friendliness that you would expect from such a tight relationship. Absolutely. Great bit of acting. Um, although that's not to say that Samantha's raunchiness antagon- or bothered me the whole film, and I, I said I was going to say this, but I'm not, because I hadn't really noticed it before, but she does this trick. Uh, I hadn't really paid attention to the specifics of it, but the, a great trick, and I feel like I've probably seen it at parties when I was, when I was younger, or maybe even when I was old. Uh, what you current. want to do is you get your pants pockets, you turn them inside out, and you walk up to someone and say, would you like to see an elephant? <laughs> That's, is that where you that, were going? Absolutely that? not. But, oh, uh, my bad. That sounds like some real high school sort of uh, low-key, you know, mask behavior. Uh and certainly something that would have really cracked me the fuck up when, when I were a teen. But uh, no, what it is is when they're doing the they're doing the costume fittings when they're packing up to move out of the apartment. And Samantha, when it's her turn, the first move she does, she comes around the door, and she sort of has a raised leg, and so you can only see half of her body. And she sort of starts almost grinding up and down the door, and uh, it's sort of the suggestion that she's being absolutely you know in the throes of a passionate lovemaking session and uh it's done with skill uh it's handled quite deftly by samantha by the camera person by the editor and um to be honest it inspired me to have a go myself it's not the easiest thing to do and it's also when you don't have an audience quite hard to know how you're performing but you um, just tried humping half of a wall it's a door I'm not going to hump a wall like some sort of idiot. Uh, what is a what is a door if not half a wall? A door is a door. Like, it's got its own title. It's so, so independent from a wall. Like, it's literally the one part of the wall that is not a wall. Oh, my name's Guy Montgomery, and I hate doing comedy podcasts and being there with my friend. This <laughs> must be an improviser, you piece of shit. Sorry. I don't get to choose when my brain's thinking laterally. Uh, it's just all those shits I took in high school. You know, I, I'm still match fit. You're spent. 
See, it's hard because what I was going to say is you should record yourself and, and put it out there online of you doing it. But the unique challenge of this season of the podcast is we're not quite sure when, exactly when these episodes are going to come out. So we're just kind of record, <laughs> quietly recording that. This is so sad. Do you know, I've been like re-editing, um, just doing a light little listen over season one uh, to get those back out and, into the world. That That's really going to date when you know, we're taping these and two things, man. When we had to do watches, when we weren't in the same room, we were so sad. That is the whole fucking season this time. It's a goddamn nightmare. And number two, there is a distinct lack of marijuana from my life right now, which is really, really putting a dampener on. I think some of the potential comedy of this season. Well, go get yourself some marijuana, man. Yeah, fucking A. I need to. I really need to sort that out. Fill your boots. It's a hell of a time. Um, It is tough being away for all of these episodes, but, you know, we're only eight in. A meager 34 to go. No. 44. <laughs> ah, yeah, 34 plus 10. Um, I think that's probably enough for this particular outing it's been do you know for how much i didn't enjoy the film talking to you tim was quite a welcome holiday and that is one of the interesting wrinkles of being apart for all of them is it's like i think how despondent i become watching the movie the mood of the episodes lifts because i'm reunited and i have an outlet for it when it's just me i watched a lot of this movie with uh my head resting or just like sort of against the desk uh, just like quite despondent, oh quite miserable. Uh, so to see you afterwards is uh, uh, one of life's little treats. Oh, back at you, Guy. Um, well, thank you very much to Guy Montgomery and also to this episode's sponsors, The Toilet Tellers, that great volunteer organization helping keeping our teens on their toes by prefacing their poos with pros. <laughs> Very good. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow if you're along for the <laughs> yeah, journey. Probably. <laughs> uh, all the best. Bye bye. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. Like he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.